This week on the Personally Brandtastic podcast, you'll hear me giving a presentation to a, a mastermind group that one of my clients, Sarah Larby, works with. These are a group of real estate investors who are in a, a long-term program, real estate investing program, building their real estate investing businesses. And I'm giving an overview of marketing and branding, taking them through the three steps of the personal branding process for real estate investors and give some insights into the kind of things that you can be thinking out, thinking about with regards to your own real estate investing business brand and marketing of it. I hope you enjoy the episode. Welcome to the Personally Brandtastic podcast, where we help you build your personal brand and business so that people can find you easily, want to work with you, and can't wait to refer you. My name is Paul Kopkin, and every day I work with real estate investors, professionals, and business owners who want to stand out from the crowd and attract more of the right opportunities without feeling inauthentic or spending all day doing it. It's all about communicating how personally brandtastic you are, because marketing is how to get their attention, but personal branding is why they choose you. Now, back to the show. Okay. Awesome. So I wanted to bring Paul in. Paul Cupcut is is one of the first people that have helped me go from having no Instagram, no public profile, no website, no business card to to helping me brand and market myself to where things are today. And Paul has, you know, vast knowledge with marketing and branding. He's been my longtime manager of of branding and marketing and everything else in between. So the newsletters, for example, that you guys see, Paul is actually the creator behind all of those or the, you know, podcasting and just putting all the back end pieces together. Paul's essentially running with that as well. So I wanted him to come on today because we all need help with branding. We all need help with marketing ourselves. And he's, you know, he's helped me for five, six years now. So I think, mm -hmm. I think it's been an amazing journey. And Paul's also very much involved in helping investors specifically in real estate and understands it. I think just over the years of working together that he's also working with, he's starting to work with Lee from Wise Construction and probably some other names as well that, that are out there from a branding marketing perspective. So welcome, Paul. Thank you. You want uh, me to kick off? Yeah, of course. Okay. And, and feel free, guys, just to, you know, ask questions, raise your hand, and meet yourself as, as we go. Okay, let me pull up that. So I've got a little bit of a slideshow. I'm going to take people through kind of what I call the REI process. So the three-step process to kind of branding yourself and then marketing and getting your message out there. I think the key to, to marketing and branding is probably two things, authenticity and consistency. You know, if you're authentic, then people will see that and they'll start to trust you and then being consistent with that message and, and just looking to get it out there. It's not a quick fix. It's, it takes time as Sarah will tell you, but the rewards are, uh, are well worth it. So in terms of, uh, the steps of the process, what is a brand? A brand is what people say about you when you're not in the room. So if you keep that in mind, what is it and have a think about it is what are people saying about you when you're not in the room? And when you think about the brands that you know and love, these are the top 50 brands identified in the world. There's a company called Interbrand that does a survey every year. If you think about these brands and the chances are you will probably like or love some of these brands right here, there'll be reasons that you love those brands. There'll be reasons why 
Starbucks is something that you love and you'll drive past five Tim Hortons to go to a Starbucks. There's reasons that you'll pick an Apple phone over something else, even though another phone will do exactly the same job. So it's that connection to those brands. And the reason that these brands are so successful is for three things. They have direction and focus. They're flexible and adaptable, and they build engagement and community. And that's really key when you're thinking about your own brands, be it your personal brand or your company brand, your real estate brand, is keeping these three things in mind. So when you're thinking about brand you, you're ideally you're looking for that kind of intersection of the three things of knowing about you, your target audience, and then your competition or how you differentiate yourself from your competition. If you can get very clear on those three things, that sweet spot in the middle is the essence of who you are, your brand, and it will help you stand out and will not, not make you look the same as everybody else. So personal branding was first written about by Tom Peters in Fast Company magazine. I'm going to say, gosh, it's probably at least 25 years ago now. But now, of course, you, you know, it's a concept and a phrase that people are very familiar with. And you know, there's reasons that's come about, you know, it's things like Apple and the brands that we know and love, and people are able to take that branding process and apply it to an individual, or it's the fact that we're now all connected and we all have the opportunity to be able to connect with people and communicate our messages so much easier than it was 25 or 30 years ago. And so we all have that opportunity to reach not just people local to us, but obviously around the world. And then the other thing is that everybody has that opportunity to have their own 15 minutes of fame. And it's a lot easier to put yourself out and get noticed than it ever was before. So if we look at the three steps of the REI process, the first is what I call reveal and research. So this is really getting an understanding, a deep foundation uh, for your brand. So one of the things that I call the brand foundation piece is appointing the VPs of your life. So that's vision, purpose, values, and passions. Vision is something bigger than you are, something that you're hoping to see affect either you know, nationally or globally. And then purpose is more about what is it that you're doing to help that bigger vision become a reality. So if there's 50 or 100 of you running around following that purpose, then that vision becomes more realistic. And then the values and passions are more about uh, connecting to who you are. So values are like your moral compass. They're the things that uh, motivate you, that drive you, that determine how you make decisions. And then passions is an opportunity for you to bring more of who you are to what you do. So that again, gives you an opportunity to differentiate yourself in the marketplace and uh, quite often I have clients that use their passions as a way of putting more of their face and more of them on social media, for example. So that's the VPs. And then you want to think about your unique strengths, attributes, and skills. So there's two sets of attributes that you want to try and identify. One are functional or rational attributes. So if we looked at, if we took a, a poll of real estate investors, for example, the chances are there will be a set of words that people would use to describe real estate investors consistently or commonly amongst those real estate investors. So that might be things like, for example, honesty or trust. But emotional attributes are the differentiators. These are the reasons why somebody will want to work with you, for you, invest with you, 
will be the emotional attributes. So it's really critical that you try and identify what those emotional attributes are. Because the rational or the functional attributes are, are what I call table stakes. They get you in the game. They get you considered. But it's the emotional attributes that will differentiate. So one of the things I would suggest, I mean, here's an example. I don't know if any of you know Rod Frank. He's a realtor in Hamilton. This is a recent advertising campaign. But, you know, when I see things like honest and reliable, I don't see those as differentiating attributes. Because... Every realtor is going to say that they're honest and reliable. I mean, you, you wouldn't work with a dishonest or an unreliable realtor. But, you know, genuine might be a, an emotional attribute. That might be something different. The key is how you're going to start to show that and communicate that so that people see it. And then you want to think about what are your superpowers? What are your strengths? All too often, I find people spend way too much time trying to improve weaknesses. And I think it was Marcus Buckingham who was involved with the, uh, the strengths finder tool who said that you'll never make a weakness a strength. You'll always, you'll only ever get it to a point of mediocrity. So why spend all that time and energy trying to improve a weakness when you can probably find other ways to get that weakness handled or, you know, that maybe, you know, you may be weak in administration. Well, you know, you may put in a ton of effort trying to improve that skill but you'll never make it a strength. So why not find another way to get that handled and spend more time focusing on your strengths and really leveraging that. So if you want to try and identify what your unique operating uh, uniqueness is, one way to do it is actually just to go and find some people to ask and, you know, pick a, a range of people that you deal with, could be peers and colleagues, could be investors with you, could be vendors that you're working with. And ask them what they consider might be the words they would use to describe you. What skills and strengths do they think you have? And hopefully if you ask five, maybe 10 people, you'll start to see a pattern. You'll start to see certain words that people repeatedly mention about you. And then you can start to determine, okay, is that a rational attribute or is that an emotional attribute? And that will start to help you identify those and then start to use those in your marketing language, in the way that you're communicating your brand. And then you want to think about your target audience. Who are the people that you're trying to reach? And this, I find it, again, this is an area that people are very reluctant to do because they feel it's going to limit their opportunities, but you can't be everything to everyone. So spending the time to understand who it is that you're trying to reach, what it is you do for them that's going to be attractive and interesting to them. And then how do you spend time influencing that, that group? and spending the time finding out where they hang out. So, you know, demographics, psychographics, and try and drill, really drill down into who it is that you're specializing and working with. And you'll have much more chance of then getting people that are going to build relationships with, and then obviously invest with you. So if you think about Apple, for example, they're very clear about who their target audience is, the kind of people that they're looking to attract, you know, when they, whenever they launch a new product, immediately the next product sells without them having to do, well, I mean, obviously they do advertise and everything, but you know, it's a, a tribe that follows them. So in terms of target audience, yeah, who is it that you want to interact with every day? Who are you focused on and what is it, the impact that you have for them? Why should they care basically? And if you can get very clear on that, then you can really start to make a difference. So that's the first step, reveal and research. 
The second is around engagement and explanation. So this is things like messaging, uh, images, logos, media, mediums, and, and website. You know, here's a good example of uh, a brand. Uh, if you know Ken Beckendon, who does uh, basements, basement conversions. You know, this is, you know, a very simple but very clear brand in terms of, you know, you know straight away in terms of the name, you know what he does, you know what the company does, you know what they're going to deliver. So when you think about your brand, there's several things that you want to try and build out in terms of messaging. Personal brand statement, this is kind of like a mantra. This should be 10 to 15 words that kind of clearly state what it is you do, who you do it for, and, and why they should care. You can then expand that out into things like a slightly longer profile, branded bio. You could use it in you know brand statement. You could use it at networking events so that you can introduce yourself. In social situations, you can use it in proposals. So there's opportunity to get your brand in a variety of places. You want that consistently, consistency that everybody understands what it is you do and who you do it for. And it's okay for that statement to put people off as well. You don't, again, you don't necessarily want to work with everybody. So, you know, if somebody says, well, that's not for me, then you know, that's working provided you're still attracting other people that do want to work with you. So here's an example of a slightly longer personal brand statement. So I use an ability to connect the dots and discover latest marketing insights to help real estate investors attract the right opportunities to help them build and scale faster and have fun doing it. So here's a, a template that you can use to try and pull together your own personal brand statement. So you want to identify, you know, what your unique attributes are. So this again, goes back to those rational and emotional attributes, the top skills or strengths, who you're targeting in ter terms of audience, what it is uniquely that you promise to deliver for them and what will it help you solve in terms of a problem or what's the key benefit. By all means, I'd be more than happy if you want to work on that, uh, you'll have the opportunity to get, you know, get these slides. If you want to work on that and draft it and then send me a copy of it, I'm more than happy to try and give you some feedback and thoughts on, you know, my thoughts and how, how you may be able to improve on it. The other thing I would just say too, I mean, I think everybody on this call has another business of some sort as well, right? So this is, this can be applied to your side hustle, your business, if you're trying to bring in new clients, I think that it could be investors as well. Right. Um, yep. Or it could be business partners for investors. It could be, I mean, the, the opportunities are really endless. But I think, you know, everybody here has a side business as well or a business that are self-employed in some capacity. So this is all applicable as well to that. Yep. Good points. So if, if people care, then you've got a brand. Seth Godin, and another great person to, to read up on. He has some great resources with regards to marketing. So that's messaging, images, logos, media, mediums. So getting your messaging out there. And then the final step is influence and impact. So this is more about communication, connecting, social media, thought leadership, et cetera. You know, you want a, a range of tools. You don't want to necessarily just focus on one thing. So that could be things like email. I do find quite consistently small business owners, solopreneurs, real estate investors, do not leverage email as much as they could. Very often I have conversations with new clients and, you know, they don't have an email list. They haven't done anything with it. And, you know, email is still, you know, highly used as, as a tool. I think it's the only, probably the only technical tool that still has been around for a long period of time is still being used heavily. 
And it's one of the few marketing assets that you own and that you can take with you wherever you go. You know, if you build your brand only on, say, one social media channel, if the rules on that social media channel change tomorrow, then you lose. Whereas with an email address list, you've always got that opportunity to reach out to people. Certainly that's something I think Sarah has had the benefit of building out her business by consistently building an email list. I did not have them. an email list before you, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> so email is, you know, is one tool. LinkedIn, again, I find an underutilized social network when it comes down to real estate investors. I find people have a profile, but they don't necessarily actively use LinkedIn as, as much as they should. It's one of the first places where people will check you out. Uh, and if people are Googling your name, there's a very good chance that your LinkedIn profile appears on page one if you have one, because LinkedIn is such a heavily visited website. So I, I would suggest spending some time on LinkedIn. The good news with LinkedIn is the average LinkedIn user is on LinkedIn about 17 uh, minutes a week. So you don't need to be on there all the time. You could be, you know, literally spending, I, I have clients that spend probably five to 15 minutes a day and effectively build a network and business using LinkedIn. Yeah, if you're on Facebook, the average Facebook user, I believe, is on there about 17 times a day. So there's a lot of noise. There's a lot of things going on. Whereas with LinkedIn, you've got opportunity to really put yourself out there professionally and not have to spend a ton of time developing a network and a, a following. So here's an example. This is a commercial real estate person. You've got lots of opportunity to talk about what you do. You've got the, the headline here where you can... It, you know, it could be using your personal brand statement, or it could be something you, you have quite a bit of space here to kind of get your message across. Again, you just don't want things like job title. You want to spend, you know, this is pure, pardon the pun, but pure real estate for you to promote yourself. So really, really use it. And then, you know, you've got other things like podcasts. That's an opportunity again, to put your, your thought leadership out there, put out your expertise, becoming a, you know, fairly popular format again it's an opportunity you may be a lot of people kind of think there's tons of podcasts out there um, but if you get beyond 10 episodes then you're in the top five percent of all podcasts globally so it, it doesn't take a lot again it, it goes back down to consistency i mean you look at sarah i think what are you at sarah 275 episodes i think is coming out this week mm -hmm. you know that's consistency <laughs> So, you know, again, an opportunity to, for you to differentiate yourself and put yourself out there. Obviously, website is another critical place for you to display your brand. And again, lots of opportunity for you to get your message across, to specialize. But again, you want to be sure that you're speaking to your target audience. You want to be sure that there's strong calls to action so that if people are landing on your website, I heard a frightening stat just the other day is that the average website visitor is on a website 3.7 seconds. So if you don't grab that person's attention in the first five seconds, they're gone. They're off to somewhere else. So you need to be very clear with that. Yeah, you know, this is, you know, from the homepage, you know, you give people an opportunity to call to action here, you call to action here, and you know, what is it you do, who you do it for? And if, if that's not what people are looking for, they're gone. Or if it's not clear, if it's confusing, if you're asking them to do too many things, 
again, you're going to lose them and, and they'll move on. And the chances are they're not going to come back. And you really can't let your work speak for itself. It's really up to you to own the definition of who you are. And that's what branding and marketing is all about, is that opportunity for you to clearly state what it is you do, who you do it for, and why they should care. And then how do you get that message out there on a consistent basis that you start to attract the opportunities that you're looking to attract? If you'd like me to continue to help, or if you'd like some more information, there's some stuff on my website, some resources you can do some of the initial brand foundation exercises, more than happy to connect with you on LinkedIn, or if you have questions, I'm more than happy to answer, obviously now, but then also there's my email there and I'm more than happy to try and answer your question. And if I don't have the answer, then probably one of my attributes is I'm a pretty good resource. I can usually recommend something or point you in the right direction or to the right person. And that tends to be a skill that I have. Okay. Awesome. Thank you so much, Paul. Really appreciate Thank you, you. Uh, coming on and, and, and sharing your insights and, and taking some time out of your day. So guys, thanks so much. Well, was that brandtastic? Did it give you some ideas and actions that you can take right now to build your business? So get to it. Thank you for listening and have a brandtastic day.